So humanity is in heaven already, both body and 
great deal about the earthly life of our Lord. We can walk the same road that he walked. We can enter spiritually into what he entered physically. And what does he show us? Our high priest, as we walk our earthly pilgrimage. So let's start where it all started. Put aside the Renaissance babies, put away the world cherubs, and think of the Annunciation. What it must have been like. An unmarried girl in a very simple, very small house, not yet married, still living with her parents. The announcement from Gabriel must have been a shock, to say the least. And to the world, it would seem that she had come without child, with child outside of marriage. Indeed, it seemed so to her be true. Only the dream convinced Joseph otherwise. Undoubtedly, people gossip as they do. And unfortunately, and certainly those who delight to tell such stories, pass along the tale that Jesus was conceived on the wrong side of the sheets and turned out perhaps not even by Joseph. Have you ever been the victim of gossip? A cruel story told behind your back. It happened to Jesus in his childhood. Was there ever strife between your parents? There was between his. Joseph nearly divorced Mary. No one in this church was born in worse circumstances than our Lord. Not in his home, not in a hospital, not even in his own city, <laughs> but away after a long journey. He was born in much the same way that children are often born in the third world, in quarters of animals, and inevitably in the smells and the mess that animals produce. Perhaps there was a problem at your birth birth of a child. Perhaps not all was right. Relatives weren't there. Complications occurred. But it still couldn't be anything like what he was subject to. And then like every other child after birth, he was brought to the temple for the rites of the old covenant. Just as you were probably brought to the church for the rites of the new covenant. We can assume that our Lord grew up as other children did, with them doing what little boys do. When he was in his early teenage years, he went as usual with his parents to Jerusalem and remained behind in the temple. And when they finally found him, there were words exchanged. That's really the only way to describe it. Didn't you know, his mother said, that we would be worried about you? Didn't you care? One teenager hasn't heard that. He grew up in every respect as we did, experiencing childhood with all its joys and sorrows and confusions. Like everyone else, our Lord has a job, and he went to it. He was a carpenter, earned his trade from Joseph. He had the same feelings that we do about our jobs, consolations and annoyances, satisfactions and frustrations. His parents grew older, Joseph died, 
Jesus became a man. And the Gospel shows us a picture of a man fully human, in fact, the only perfectly human man ever. He took joy in things. He laughed. He wept. He had friends. He had enemies. He was hungry and thirsty, exhilarated and disappointed, energetic and tired. He was appreciated and derided. Like many, as he grew older, dark clouds gathered. But they gathered for him in a way that makes our minor disasters seem very small indeed. Remember the agony in the garden. Remember him standing there in the moonlight, praying and weeping, begging God in his time of need and dejection. Did you ever shrink from God's call? Have you ever begged God for something in prayer and had the answer come back, no, that's not best for you? Have you ever shrunk in terror and confusion from what life offers? He did that night in the garden, in the moonlight. Remember him at the pillar being scourged, he who was innocent of any crime or offense, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and with his stripes we are healed. Betrayed by a friend, he was punished by the world for offense he had not committed. And perhaps you too have been betrayed or punished unjustly. He was at the pillar. Remember him with the crown of thorns, mocked, set at naught by soldiers and populace. The feeling of aloneness, of desolation, must have been enormous. By oppression and violence was he taken away, cut off from the land of the living. And when you feel alone and dejected and despised of men and ill-used, remember the crown of thorns and the chalice from which he was willing to drink and that Think for a moment of him carrying the cross, staggering under the burden of our sin, an enormous weight, the weight of the whole world on his shoulders. Could you do that? Certainly not. Sometimes it feels as if we carry the weight of the world, but we don't, for he already has. Surely he has worn our griefs and carry our sorrows. And when we are bowed down and heavy laden, He carries us. When we bear our small crosses, we know that He has already borne the greatest of all. And then finally, inevitably, is His death. Death by crucifixion. The most shameful and cruel death known to man, a lamb led to the sloth. Few of us will have so violent and painful death, but if it should happen, we will know beyond the shadow of the death that he sympathizes because he knows what it is like because it happened to him and more. And that is what he shows us, our great high priest, as we walk our earthly pilgrimage, sorrow and joy, the sweetness of his delights, and the bitterness of his rejection. But finally, he shows us glory. 
And that is his promise to us and his pledge for all eternity. Resurrection from the dead, coming to be with him in heaven, sanctification by the Spirit. These are his promises to the faithful, for those for whom it has been prepared by the Father. And it is exactly the reverse of what happened to him. Jesus condescended to come to earth to become a man. He enjoyed joy and sorrow and was one of us. His promise to us is that we will one day be exalted to heaven to be like God. If we have died with Him, we shall live with Him. If we stand firm, we shall reign with Him. In the meantime, we have in Jesus the great high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens, who at the very same time sympathizes with our weakness. And so it is, as we heard last week, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace and help.